My name is Vanessa Bourne. This is In The Zone and uh, the time now is almost quarter past ten and we're focusing on medical matters and in particular for today on the 14th of November it is World Diabetes Day and in South Africa diabetes is the second leading cause of death. So uh, quite a serious condition and to talk more about this I have Dr. Zane Stevens, endocrinologist at uh, Chris Barnett Hospital here in in uh, Cape Town chatting to me. Good morning Dr. Stevens. Stevens, welcome to Radio Holderberg. Good morning and thank you for having me. Um, we look forward to celebrating World Diabetes Day this coming weekend. Absolutely. And it's, uh, it is really a condition that we need to pay attention to, especially if it is the second leading cause of death, death in South Africa. So uh, if uh, people weren't taking it seriously, I hope that that would have um, made them sit up and take note of what we're going to say, speak about today. And I think let's take it right back to the beginning. What exactly is diabetes and how can a person get it? Sure. So, so diabetes, the word really just relates to high levels of blood sugar in our body. Mm-hmm. And this could be because of the body not making enough insulin, which is sort of what we refer to as type 1 diabetes. Or this might just be that the hormone insulin, which helps to regulate our blood sugar, is just not able to do its job properly. And that is usually the case in people with so-called type 2 diabetes. Mm. Irrespective of you know, the type of diabetes or how the blood sugar becomes high, this high level of blood sugar over a long period of time is what translates into the well-known complications of having diabetes. Okay. And what are the most common symptoms to look out for in diabetes? Because one of the things that I read here, it says that a lot of people don't even know that they have it until they develop complications. So what are, what are some of the most common symptoms that we must look out for? Completely. Um, and that is the sadness about it. I mean, it's not infrequently that I'm called to our hospital here when a patient actually comes in with a severe complication like a heart attack or a stroke. And, mm-hmm. you know, they may not even have known that they've got underlying diabetes. Sure. Now, the, the symptoms very much depend upon the type of diabetes. So 90% of anybody living with diabetes would, in fact, have type diabetes and this is the issue where it takes a very long time for symptoms really to present and it's only by the time that the blood sugar is actually very high that a person would in fact experience symptoms and the most common symptoms then would be sort of passing large volumes of urine feeling excessively thirsty and by the time the person's sugar is particularly high, they may actually start to, to lose some weight. But for the majority of individuals with type 2 diabetes, they could be walking around for sort of up to seven years with mm-hmm. higher levels of blood sugar than normal sure. and be completely unaware of it. In, in contrast to that, individuals who would come to attention with so-called type 1 diabetes where their body's not able to make insulin anymore, and this is because of an autoimmune process, these individuals generally present with symptoms far earlier. So they will, will in a couple of weeks, go from feeling very, very well to suddenly developing these symptoms of high blood sugar, which are very much the same then. So passing Mm. large volumes of urine, losing a lot of weight, they do actually lose a lot of weight quite quickly and and feeling really, really, very, very untoward as a result of this sudden elevation in their blood sugar. You mentioned that type 1 is an autoimmune condition. Is this the fundamental difference between type 1 and type 2? Or are there other differences? 
So there are other differences, but, but if we look at the underlying way in which the, the person develops the diabetes, you're quite right. So type 1 diabetes is what we call an autoimmune process. So that's something that not all listeners you know, always completely understand. So just very generally speaking, our immune system normally identifies things which are foreign to us and will help you by making antibodies to get rid of that uh, offending virus or whatever the case is. And in an autoimmune condition, usually because of a genetic predisposition, the immune system gets a little bit confused, so to speak, and starts attacking its own cells. Mm. And in type 1 diabetes, then what happens is the immune system, over a period of time, damages the little cells of the pancreas, which we refer to as the beta cells, which make our insulin. And that's why these individuals develop an insulin deficiency. And if they don't have that hormone to help regulate their blood sugar, their blood sugar will start to become elevated and they'll present with those typical symptoms. I understand. I see. Now, you mentioned complications of diabetes. You see people that arrive not knowing that they've got it and uh, they then have a complication. What are some of the complications that diabetes can cause? Sure. So, so we like to think about complications of diabetes um, as things that primarily affect blood vessels. And we can broadly think about them in two groups, small blood vessels. So those are damage potentially to the back of the eyes, the retina, mm. the kidneys, as well as the nerves. So patients may often present a sort of tingling sensation, generally starting in their, their toes and feet and ascending from there. And then the large blood vessel complications, these relate to the increased risk of a heart attack, of a stroke, and possibly of, of gangrene and amputations that may affect especially their lower limbs as well. So really devastating complications. But the good news is, and, and this is really the message that one must drive home, mm. is that with good control of the diabetes and the conditions that are often accompanying the, the, the condition, things like high blood pressure, cholesterol abnormalities, if we can treat all of these conditions very well, we can significantly reduce the risk of somebody developing any of these devastating complications. And I'm just thinking that if I go for an eye check, that's one of the things that they check for as well. So regular checkups seem to be um, also one of the ways to be informed and, and take you know, preventative action. Absolutely. And, and the theme for, for World Diabetes Day this year is, in fact, access to diabetes care, if not now, then when. And so that really underscores for sort of individuals who don't have diabetes but come from a strong background of a family history where there might be diabetes or may have other risk factors such as overweight or obesity, we should be screening these individuals to identify diabetes very early because then we can you know, intervene early, we can prevent complications long term. And for those who are living with diabetes currently, continued sort of visits to their doctor at least two to three times a year for good screening for complications and making sure that their disease is well controlled goes a long way to prevent long-term harm. And would it be correct to say that by going to the doctor and and having this, this is part of the management program for a person with diabetes? Are there other factors Absolutely. as well? Yeah, so I think as part of that sort of uh, package of care, obviously we're not just focused on the sugar control. We would be very much focused on managing the blood pressure and the cholesterol because if we tackle all of those, you know, that's what really achieves good long-term mm -hmm. prevention of complications. Obviously, together with that is just 
good uh, assessment and management of lifestyle factors. Yeah. So we know that type 2 diabetes parallels, you know, the sort of global problem of overweight and obesity. And so looking at weight management and strategies for, for changes to lifestyle are absolutely cardinal um, in the management of diabetes. My guest this morning on Medical Matters is Dr. Zane Stevens, an endocrinologist. And with World Diabetes Day falling over the, the coming weekend, we're talking about diabetes, um, what one, what it is, how one can manage it, um, and what to look out for. Now, we've sugar. I remember as a child growing up, if you ate too much sugar, then people would say to you, "Oh, you're going to get diabetes." So it was like one of those sort of I don't know whether it was a scare tactic on 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 uh, the adult's part to make you aware of what you were eating but obviously um, as time has moved on um, the approach to diet and diabetes has become far more prevalent now what should one eat um, if one has diabetes and um, can diet and exercise reverse it absolutely and this is you know something that we've only come to appreciate in the last sort of, I would say, five to 10 years is that, and here we're really talking about type 2 diabetes. Uh, in type 1 diabetes, because these individuals do not actually have insulin, they need to remain on their insulin injections. And so, you know, when we're talking about diabetes remission for the moment, we're really talking about type 2 diabetes. Mm-hmm. And so if we think about it, this is obviously a condition very much linked to lifestyles and, and, and significantly more prevalent in individuals that are overweight or obese. And there have been a couple of studies in the last few years that have really excited us in the diabetes field, show that if individuals can make radical changes to their diet and lifestyle and lose weight, that actually their diabetes can go into remission. A study that I think comes to mind at the moment was a group of individuals who were fairly early after the diagnosis of diabetes within the first five years, if they could lose just 10% of their body weight over a course of a year in this particular study, three out of 10 individuals no longer had sugars in what we would call the diabetes range and did not need any medication. So it really, it does show us that with good lifestyle changes, people could reverse the condition. Patients who we do that with, I always just remind, look, you must always view yourself as at risk and continue to be you know, followed and to make sure that it doesn't come back, that we mm. might need to start some medication again. But it is absolutely possible. And the biggest component of that really is adequate weight loss. Mm. So, you know, you mentioned eating sugar. <laughs> and I think, I think it's a bit of a misconception is that, that yeah. eating sugar causes diabetes. Yeah. Obviously, it's really a little bit more complicated if you were to have you know, lots of refined carbohydrates as well. Yeah. Obviously, that raises your blood sugar. It adds to weight gain, which is a big risk factor for diabetes. Now, my question to you is, what should one's blood sugar be? And I, I'm sitting here thinking, I don't have a clue what mine is. So uh, sure, what should yeah. it be if I go and I, I do that little finger prick test? What should it be? So essentially, we could diagnose somebody with diabetes using a couple of different tests. But one of the simplest things that we would use as a screening test is your fasting sugar. So what your sugar would be in the morning before you have anything to eat. And if that is higher than 7, that would be in the diabetes range. Up to about 5.5 or 6, depending on which laboratory you're using, would be viewed as normal. So there is a gray zone of what we refer to as 
impaired fasting glucose, which in a way we could think about as a pre-diabetic kind of state, a sort of a warning area, if I could call it that. Um, so, so, so definitely less than seven, above seven means that you've got diabetes. Mm. Another very easy screening test which doctors would often offer patients is a test which is referred to as the HbA1c test, or I just tell patients, remember, it as the A1c test. And this is a blood test that helps to determine or tell us what the blood sugar on average was over the previous three months. And this test of 6.5% or higher would also indicate that this individual has diabetes. So we fortunately can screen people very, very easily. Um, They don't need to sit at the laboratory for hours like we used to. There are times when we do sort of slightly more sophisticated testing. But for most people, a fasting sugar or this three-month average test is a very good screening test. Okay. Now, what resources are available to help patients control their diabetes? Because I think information... And knowledge gives a person some, you know, it gives a person, if you can use that knowledge and information, it gives you power to then tackle the condition. Absolutely. And I think even more important than that is that I really would like our patients to become sort of advocates of their own care and, you know, know what tests they should be having, make sure that they ask their, their, their GPs or specialists to ensure that all of these tests do happen every year. So I'd really suggest that people look at good websites online, um, the International Diabetes Federation, the IDF, which is the big driver of World Diabetes Day, has a fantastic website with a lot of patient resources. The large um, bodies of diabetes care in the world, like the American Diabetes Association and the European Association for the Study of Diabetes, all have excellent materials online. And then in our own country, the South African Association for Metabolism and Endocrinology also has a great website with good patient information. And then obviously, I think if you come from a family where there are lots of individuals with diabetes and you're concerned about this, going to see your GP and asking, you know, should I be screened for this? What should I be doing to prevent myself from becoming a diabetic if I'm not yet um, living with diabetes? A GP will be able to give you excellent information in that regard. Thank you so much for that. Dr. Zane Stevens, thank you so much for your time this morning. Uh, I've learned a lot myself. And uh, I, I thank you so much for your time and for your expertise in uh, breaking down and unpacking diabetes for us this morning. It's a great pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.